0: But I think once you quit hearing sir and ma'am, rest is soon to follow. Oh,
1: it's
2: the Tide. It's the Dismal Tide. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dismal Tide. This is your, your stalwart host, Brendan. We're fighting audio issues. We're fighting, uh, but we do it for you. I'm joined, as always, by Mike.
1: Brendan gave me hell this morning about, uh, about what I was doing wrong. Asking me, uh, what, uh, did the, is something wrong with the board? Uh, is your microphone actually plugged in? Turns out his, uh, uh, it was me, uh, his, his completely unnecessary, uh, 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 sort of control switch for his, uh, his headset, uh, was the one, what was causing the issue.
2: It says you, Yeah, that's one. All right. That's uh, we, we're bringing you a special for our 99th episode, by the way,
1: it was, well, again, this is up for debate, um, I still believe it's episode 98 because you split the Christmas episode in two and you numbered each of them uh, differently when they really were just one episode.
2: Oh, boy, we're just going full inside baseball on this episode now. Yeah, well, all right.
1: That's a a famous uh, Star Trek thing, isn't it? That The number of episodes of Star Trek are always debated.
2: I've never heard this. We're joining you in the morning. As opposed to, I guess you're joining us while we're in our morning. I don't know; hard to figure that out. Um, so Mike is really updated on the news as it happens. He yeah, watched we- Get Up today. Did you watch Get Up?
1: No, I haven't watched anything. As a matter of fact, same. Well, I don't want to. I don't want it to. You know, uh, I don't want to be influenced by uh, <laughs> uh, by by the by you know what my contemporaries are saying.
2: I want to, I want to, uh, 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 I'm me. I played a new golf course yesterday, Mike, that I'm going to have to take you to. Uh,
1: yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned a uh, golden pheasant, which I said, sounds like a Chinese restaurant.
2: Um, it does. Or, you know, really just any sort of, uh, I think it could be Middle Eastern cuisine as well.
1: Yeah, really. Just, um, if you put golden before the name of any animal can be the name of many, many restaurants.
2: <laughs> it's a pretty good formula.
1: Yeah. Frankly. I would like to go to this golf course. Um I uh, I've I've now been uh spoiled having uh, gone out to two substantially better golf courses than the than Springfield the last two times we played. So Uh
2: this this golf course is uh to me it was good. I uh I asked I'm not going to say his name, but I asked our very snobby got my very snobby golf friend and he said awful. Like like I remember I was on like 12 And I was waiting for a while while I was playing golf yesterday. I like to go golfing by myself on Thursdays, by the way, unless like Mike or our friend Dave joined me. Like, generally, I'll just go chill out there for four hours and like smoke some weed and hit some golf shots. It's great. (laughs) Um, But this one was moving slow. I was like frustrated yesterday. I texted him as I was like looking around and was like, This is a pretty nice place. I was like, What are your thoughts on this place? And he's like a borderline PGA tour professional, not like that borderline, but like he's an incredibly good golfer, exceptional.
1: Richie, he could have, could have played, you know, uh, D one college golf.
2: A hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I like, I, it's just such a funny moment when you have that with people where you're like looking around and just like, I mean, I'm going to say vibing now, but I never say that. All right. (laughs) You're looking around, you're like, you're vibing a little bit. You're enjoying yourself. And you text your friend about the golf course. And I was just like, what do you think of this place? Fucking terrible, awful. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? What is so bad about this? I'm
1: playing Pinehurst number two. I don't know what your problem is.
2: <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's too short, which if I, if I could hit the ball 300 yards, yeah, it would probably be too short, but I, I can't do that. So
1: that even, uh, even as someone who has trouble breaking a hundred, I, um, w- when we played Springfield and we got to, um, I want to say it was like 12 or something like that, where um, right before uh, the the par three that has like the elevated tee box that I always put the ball to the right into the fairway, that long par five that's next to it. whatever one before that, and we walked up to the tee box and it was just like mud and all four sets of like colors were just all in the same thing. And I'm just like, this is a 190 yard par four. And I'm like, and even as someone who's not good at this game, just like, this is not good enough.
2: <laughs> like, uh, for sure. And then now, got that si- particular hole I remember because then I got the blues a should be 100 yards further back. Then the I got two. a
1: six because I hit a dog shit <laughs> uh, tee
2: shot. But- I love like compl- complaining. Was, this is fucking bullshit. The whites and the blues are 10 yards apart. The furthest tee and the shortest tee, in other words. And, uh, and you still get a fucking six. You still get a double bogey on what yeah. should be a par three. Um, but
1: I thought like when we went to North Hanover, I thought North Hanover was great and it was only like ten dollars more.
2: So this new place is well, for me, closer than new Hanover. This place is 10 minutes from my apartment and it's much nicer than new Hanover, in my opinion. Well, the course is better, Not bad. I, it's very hilly, which is nice because I've pretty much like most of the time I do my hanging out rounds. It's the the, the place you mentioned before, Springfield, which. Like there's two elevated holes, maybe three, but like for the most part, it is very flat and straight
1: hitting down or hitting up. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like it when I can't see where my ball lands when I, uh, from the tee box, you're hitting down, you're hitting up, you're doing all of it. It's great. If you, if you're hitting, hitting uphill is it's a nightmare to me just because I don't know where the, I, I've never successfully tracked a golf ball once in my life. I've never seen it land and then walked to where
2: that was and had the bulb in there. For those of you who don't golf, that is like the part of the sport that you would never think about when you start taking up golf. That happens to be like, besides like being able to hit the ball, maybe the second most important thing. I, I get way more pissed off trying to find the ball than I do for any bad shot. And you don't think about these sorts um, of things because in tournaments, like there's a million people watching you hit. These guys never lose a ball. Like everything is playable to them because they can. There's somebody watching it land in the woods.
1: Yeah, there. You watch the um what at the the U.S. Open a few months ago when uh Bryson DeChambeau's box landed in an actual box of garbage. It went to it fell into a box of beer cans <laughs> that was sitting there, and and people saw and but everyone saw it happen. If this happened to you or I. Uh, forget it. It's over, and there goes the uh, and there goes your uh, new golf ball or a golf ball that uh, was found in a ziploc bag somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, for you in your case. Um, yeah, no, that is certainly the most frustrating part. I, I'm better at finding my own ball now. I didn't. I don't think. I think I maybe lost like one or two, like in the rough. But I didn't like like hitting yours, and you know that it's like in play. You know, it wasn't the best shot. But it's certainly findable and not terrible. And just looking around for five minutes and just having to be like, it should be right here. Where the fuck is it? And then just moving on with your life and getting a new ball out.
1: Yeah, because the first cut of rough in the places that we play is relatively short. So not, uh, but again, it is trying to find a golf ball in a gigantic open field effectively. So maybe putting it in the fairway is worth something as it turns out (laughs) from a time, from a time uh, standpoint.
2: Um, Yes. I. uh, And then one more thing that happened to me when I was at this uh, golf course yesterday is I was playing. There's a couple of these very hilly holes. And if you could hit the ball far, like obviously it's going to be advantageous, but like you could really like, like there's a couple, a couple where you could like drive a green on a par four, if you can hit the ball, 300, 310 yards. Um, and I was up, it was like this hill. It was the, the, it was probably like 12 or 13. It was like a valley. So you tee off on one side of the hill and then you're trying to land it over the valley. And I, I did not do that very well. I landed it on like the, the, the bottom, like probably a third of the way up the hill. And then I had to hit it, but like, you know, I didn't play terrible yesterday and I'm up there like trying to do a pitch shot onto the green. And I hear a ball, like, land, like, like 10 feet behind me. And, like, I look back at the tee box, which is so far away. I don't think these guys even realize what they did. And these two drunk guys drive up to me. And they're just like, this landed. Like, they were astounded at how well they did. <laughs> He's like, this landed right here? Holy shit. I'm so sorry, man. I've never hit a ball like that in my entire life. Oh, my God. He was, was like, "Like, so- hey, like I'll, I'll allow it. Like, I, I said it. to him, he was like, listen, like it wasn't that close to me. Like it la- it didn't even have like the energy to hit me. It was 10 feet behind me. I would have liked to hear a four, but like I am a very big, no harm, no foul guy. And there was no harm. So who cares? Uh,
1: uh, yeah, th- this is uh, when when I was standing at uh, Sternberg Park waiting for a rec soccer game to start. And uh, there were some uh, there were some teens like roughhousing uh, in, in, I don't know, maybe 50 feet from me. And I hear like a th- a thunk and like something rolling near me. And I just look to my right and about like five feet from where I'm standing, a butterfly knife was just like thrown. <laughs> and- That's a little different. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> All right, kids, you have your fun.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go stand over here now because I'm done with standing in this spot.
2: Um, So then like two holes later, I play the next hole. I was standing on the tee box waiting to tee off. And it was like, probably level, like parallel to the, uh, the hole on the previous hole. And these same guys, he hit another like 320 yard drive, except it was much worse. And it landed like another like 10 or 15 feet behind me on the tee box. And I was just like, Oh, here we go. These guys are going to come around again. And they drove up. And had no idea where the ball was. And I was like, hey, and I pointed it out. And he did the exact same shit. He was like, oh, I fucking bombed that too. Oh my God. I'm like trying to kill you. And then they offered me a beer. They're like, we feel, I feel bad about this. You can have a beer if you'd like one. <laughs> um, so I got a Miller Light. Not bad. Um, yeah, the,
1: uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to for the podcast to just uh, turn into uh, golf stories.
2: Now nah, we're going to Ben now. We're going to listen to some Gargano. So I haven't listened to gargano uh, explain very, who gargano is if you don't mind
1: Andy gargano he's the he's the bro uh he is a uh, uh, um, Philadelphia uh midday uh uh it does afternoons on uh on uh it's the on the fan whip 97 fan. five yeah the fan um he is uh a, a complete Philly meathead um just a, a pure simpleton. And uh, I, when Brendan was driving me home uh, from golf on Monday afternoon, uh, we heard a really fantastic uh, exchange between Gargano and his phone screener in which uh, the phone screener, uh, a classic sort of uh, radio bit um, talking about how the last duel uh, uh, flopped at the box office. And <laughs> Despite the fact that Anthony Gargano probably does watch television 20 hours a day um to keep up with um, all the sports that he needs to watch somehow has never seen a commercial for the last duel a movie Not that has been advertised and and instead of just set, uh, but then it just turned into the phone screener trying to describe it and over and over again Gargano just going like yeah i don't know it <laughs> <laughs> and this went on <laughs> this went on for what felt like forever
2: well, these guys have have like they have 15 or uh, either 15 or 20 hours a week to fill. So like they do. I mean, like we, we yeah, can you, try and remember some stuff. That's fine. Yeah,
1: it, it doesn't have to. The, this doesn't have to be, uh, you know, action packed. If you got four hours a day, it's uh, it's difficult. This is why you end up talking about like, you know, weird news and things like that and then having to. Like the, the all the, the uh, Florida man stories.
2: Well, so I've collected I'm going to try and watch the Gargano show once a week. It's live on YouTube or it's on YouTube live. So I watch it on demand and I'm going to try and like uh, maybe every other episode, just pull a couple Gargano clips. I'm going to pick an episode. I can't listen to more than one of these a week. Like I can't. That's
1: No complaints.
2: Um, But I do have this this mental illness that really helps me in this particular thing where I don't mind and like most of my podcasts I listen to sped up. So this one, I really speed up. Like I'm putting this at like two and a half or three times speed. And I'm just like playing rocket league. And (laughs) if I hear something, I'll like slap the keyboard and pause it and come back to it when the game is over. Um, (laughs) It's the only way to listen to this fucking uh, rhinoceros of a man. Um, So this, uh, I've collected four clips. We're going to listen to the first one. This first one is just, uh, so you got to feel it, who Gargano is. All right? And, uh, Mike, let me know if you can't hear it or anything. All
0: right. So you've talked about Mr. Softy forever. Yes. All right? In fact, you would play this song. And so I love, you know I'm a barstool. I think it's funny. <laughs> All right? <Yeah>. All right? <laughs> I think that dude's hysterical. He, he, he does a great job <laughs> You know, you know I, I love the boy The big cat The Presidente I like them all, right? I enjoy it It's fun Pizza I think it's good Except yo dude the, 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 You can't rip off The Mr. Softy thing Yeah He's selling the t-shirt Been been a couple of things You know You gotta be careful With that stuff Been a couple of things You gotta at least get props Been a couple of things You know That's intellectual property huh? I mean don't I mean, play of the song You know we gotta get Joe Morone on the cable You know listen you're not from Philadelphia. We got, we got you know, rules here. You know the play the song thing? Yes. Uh, there's somebody that works there that has been posting the song. Yeah, I know, video cue it or whatever. Cue it. Yeah, that's a like, ripoff. Yeah, like, that's a blatant ripoff. Like, come on, man. And, and you know, listen, I love I love you guys. You do a great job <laughs> at the bar stool. But you got to show respect. You are in the town. I got to get Joe Marone with a caper. I don't want to do that. If I get Joe Marone with a caper, it's trouble. Yeah.
2: Joe Joe Marone.
1: I've heard Devon Givens say uh, aggressive defending the integrity and In honor of Mr. Softy against Johnson, the Johnson, uh, one the one powerhouse.
0: That yeah,
2: that's enough there. I really enjoy. Well, first of all, the, the, the classic talk radio, like mental illness of thinking they're just like, yeah, we play a song when we do this thing. And whenever we play the song, we say something so that the producer knows to play it. And that's ours. Like nobody has ever said, play the song before. No. They do in during the Sixer season. Gargano, whenever one of his callers like calls in and gets hyped up, they'll, they'll go like play the song and they'll do the the five six seven eight uh, Sixer song, and they own that. Now. It,
1: the, oh yeah, of course. That well, that I, I mean, I'm sure every city has these people. I, I, I I'm sure Gargano isn't that much dumber than like no, the worst. For sure the, not. the worst than say you know. Uh, Nashville or uh, Houston has to offer.
2: Gargano has a couple uh, things that are, that he does are ve- that are very funny. Like one of his personality quirks is that he's written a screenplay and he wants to get it produced, but he'll constantly like compare things to his screenplay. <laughs> Which is so there's a character actually in the screenplay I wrote. I wrote a screenplay and Invincible uh, (laughs) 2. Yeah. I I gotta get a hold of the Gargano screenplay. I would love it. It's like I think it's like a mafia movie. It's a a, which is just too perfect.
1: It's a mafia movie about the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Like, like me saying that this guy wrote a mafia movie, I would guy, feel racist saying that. This guy,
1: he's the it. he's he's the Don, he's the Capo de tutti capi, but he's also <laughs> the quarterback of the fucking Eagles. <laughs> and then you know, work gets in the way, but it's the Super Bowl. You know, so what are you gonna do?
2: What if the owner? Goes, so the-
1: explore that, and also his wife, she's a fucking, she's smoking hot.
2: <laughs> what if the owner of the Eagles tried to get? The quarterback killed what if he put a hit out on the quarterback all right hear me out they draft they have a good quarterback think aaron Rodgers and and jordan love all right but they kill aaron Rodgers so love can get the job that's that's my screenplay all right well now we're gonna get into what i it's ben simmons stuff like that is all sports radio has been in philly for the last month um i oh that's a it's a rich bane you know yeah, I have, uh, I have Ben Simmons' brain right now. That's all I'm thinking about. I mean, I are love. You gonna buy, are you going to buy his house? Shut up, Michael! <laughs> How dare you? Uh, he does not. He. I don't know exactly where he lives. I know he lives in Moorestown, which is probably fifteen or twenty did minutes not away. See, from uh, like on, I could drive to his house. I didn't see did, the specific location. No.
1: Um. If if you, well, it's probably uh, a little bit buried, but. Uh Seth posted on, uh, on on the Discord. There was a, a trulia listing for it.
2: I saw the Truly listing for his uh Hyatt hotel suite deal. His like um 54. Way,
1: it's really funny because you just you just scroll through the pictures of it and um uh, it it just looks like an, a nice house or at the very least an expensive house. Some of, uh, maybe some of the interior design is a, a bit tacky. I don't know. I, I have no taste. I don't know what the but um uh, but then when you eventually you and then like the last five pictures like you just see a a, a gigantic um, uh, neon sign with like a Basquiat crown that says Simo the Savage. And then then you just see all of his every magazine cover he's ever been on framed. And then all of his jerseys framed (laughs) and just like, damn, I wonder whose house this is. (laughs) That's good.
2: Uh, So Gargano is notorious for I mean, if he's talking shit about like a situation or a player and he doesn't get any immediate negative feedback. He's going to double down and double down and double down. And I just want to show you a couple clips of where three months of doubling down has gotten Anthony Gargano. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't remember which order these came in. Um, Also, another side note, he was on some – I think he was on whatever morning show Keyshawn Johnson does now because they kept talking about Keyshawn. uh, And I'll agree with him on this. The people who are attacking like the Sixers fans for the Ben Simmons thing was like, yeah, that's not correct. They were pretty supportive. Yeah, you know, but it's just like these these national media guys who aren't really very filled in on the city at all talking about Santa Claus from the 60s. And it's just it is. hack. Yeah. that is shitty. It's dumb, uh, not applicable anymore. But we're going to start with uh, this one where I think he's defending himself about the Santa thing. I don't really remember. Here we go. Save the minutes. You, you
0: don't need to call the show.
2: Because it, it, if you
0: can excuse this behavior, then I really have nothing to say to you. Because we don't walk the same street, sidewalk. We just don't. Because I believe in civility. Yeah, I can't hear any more I, I can't people do the defending excuses. Ben Simmons. It, it's, I really it's, can't. It's nonsense. No, fans are running them out of town. No, like, it's, that's it's, of it's, all, listen, happening. I had to deal with that this morning. Yeah, I, right? I, I applaud you. shot talking about Santa Claus for the millionth time. Stop. Cause that's all he knows. Last time he was on with us, he brought up Santa. Claus. That's all he knows. Oh, Santa, Santa, Santa. I want to put on a Santa suit and I want to go beat his ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. I want to go put on a Santa suit, come to the studio, and go, "Hey, cuz, let's go." Uh, yeah, great. So I
1: do, I do get it. I, I when everyone falls back on on cliche, like that's awful. You know, yeah. that, it's uh, uh it, it's it's something that um, yeah that has dogged Philadelphia sports for a long time. Like, I mean, there's, there's more recent examples of them being awful and also, uh, and even then there's uh, more recent examples than that of, uh, of nothing happening. Right. (laughs) It was any more egregious than anywhere else. Well, you know, just to
2: to clarify as well. And I don't really hold that much water for Philadelphia fans. By and large, there is a reason I'm not an Eagles fan,
1: but like, what's the, what's the worst thing that like, the Philadelphia puke. fans have done uh, the wait,
2: puke. What? The puke. Do you not remember the puke?
1: Um, the the, the kid. Oh, oh yeah. When the, the the kid that deliberately puked on the uh, uh, yeah okay. family.
2: Yeah, yeah. That all right. That's, That's that pretty good. awful. That's that, that was stands that, the time of that worst does thing.
1: that does, but like that was that.
2: That's <laughs> it's indefensible. It's like, indefensible,
1: the, but that was but, that was the act of that was the that that was a lone wolf attack.
2: Yeah. He puked on a cop's family. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I really enjoyed like, (laughs) like people overhearing him on the phone going like, I have to puke on these guys. I have to do it. Like, I got to puke. I got to do it. I'm going to puke all over these people. (laughs) Just like called down by God. Just God (laughs) guided him to this. I I have 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 the. I have the
1: mandate of heaven, and I am you gonna use it to, to vomit all over this family to uh to prove a point that I'm not sure what that I am right and they're wrong. Uh, but no, collectively, I mean, like, I can't think of something that uh the Eagles or uh Phillies uh, fans did that um that would would earn any sort of ire. Like, I can't think of anything since like booing Michael Irvin's neck injury. <laughs> um, and, and that was 1989. Right. Yeah. So it's been, what, 22 years since I can think of a specific incident where the whole crowd did something uh, 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 villainous. And now, yeah, and by the I way, we I don't are...
2: think it would have been specific to Philadelphia. Like, I think if you were, I don't know, in no, 2009, see... if if Russell Wilson banged his knee on the turf, I think the people in San Francisco would have cheered.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and also, I think uh, we are in a sort of uh, – golden age of, of, of crowd violence and like the amount of across the in, in all of uh, world sports has been happening in soccer a lot um, and it happened a lot in the NBA and the playoffs um, in college football uh, uh, Lane Kiffin had all that shit thrown at him which by the way I mean if you're going to throw shit at anybody I guess it should be Lane Kiffin but uh but people are acting out. I don't know if if everyone forgot to be, how to behave like uh, while at home for a year, or that's a year of pent up rage that is coming out while drunk in an arena.
2: <laughs> but right. well, I but also the, want to get ahead. So Somebody's much... going to remember that the that an Eagles fan or a Sixers fan threw like didn't they? Was the Sixers one throwing popcorn on? I think Russ. on. on
1: uh, yeah uh that uh, I mean there was that guy but the there Knicks was a fan. couple
2: in a couple different stadiums it was the,
1: the 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 fan that uh that spit on uh Trey Young somebody else but, threw a water bottle uh yeah um there's been there's been a lot of it uh but <laughs> the you see the videos that are taken outside the garden the the one after the one playoff win last year and the one after o- the opening night double overtime thriller over the Celtics. And <laughs> everyone outside is um, genuine like they uh, they would be unstoppable. Whatever they wanted, <laughs> what, whatever they wanted to do. If somebody said we're going to go uh, like like we're going to go burn down the Times Square Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> oh, I'm sneezing. Bless you. I got the sun in my eyes because we're doing the show in the morning. The sun's coming around.
2: Uh, I want to cool. I want to play another Gargano clip because so now well- lit, though. This is the this is the Ben Simmons brain. These next two, and these are the last two as well. Um, this one is very simply.
0: If you're gonna actually step back and look at this thing from fifty thousand feet. It's disgusting. It really, is. it's disgusting behavior. It's the behavior of a whore, right? That's what it is. It's I want 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 want, and I just. Sell my soul for everything. Four, you understand? Four. It's 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 gross. You wouldn't tolerate it again if it was one of your niece, nephew, uh, children, whatever.
2: I don't like comparing professional athletes to members of your family. I don't care for that. They're no. not.
1: I wouldn't tolerate this behavior from my nephew. <laughs> like, what the fuck
2: are you talking about? This is a multi-millionaire adult. Like, also, your ne- your nephew's not even your own child. <laughs> like. <what? laughs> Oh, but he's Italian. You know, you saw the Sopranos when that kid started wearing all that shit all over his face and slicking his hair back. You know who went in there and poked a finger in his chest? Tony Soprano did. You're going to end up a softy like your father. The
1: uh, also Ben Simmons behavior like he he did it the right way initially when he said, I'm done here and then they said all right great well we'll we'll trade you and then they didn't so yeah it's not like he's not he's not holding out for more money you know he's not like he just doesn't want to play in philadelphia anymore and fair enough
2: right i think my my argument to that would be like thanks for doing that when you fucked up and made your value as low as humanly possible yeah well, because that's the only way to look. Like that's the only way I look at that series is like, if you have like, eighty percent of a normal Ben during a regular Simmons game or a regular season game. Regular Sim, <laughs> the NBA regular Simmons. <laughs> uh, we 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 beat the Hawks in probably six games, but we had ten percent of a regular season Ben Simmons, and uh, I've never been more embarrassed to lose a like a team I've, I've rooted for to lose like that to a team like the Hawks. Now the Hawks had been rounding into form to, to do them credit, like after they changed coaches and I don't remember exactly when they changed coaches, but they were like one of the three or four best teams in the NBA after that coaching change. And they did have some of the personnel for it. A lot of the personnel hadn't developed yet, but Trey obviously had his coming out party during the playoffs. Yeah. Um and John Collins can fucking jump and throw fingers in people's eyes while he does it, apparently. I like John Collins. And, I
1: like John Collins a lot. He's cool.
2: There's nothing uh, not to like. He's got a lot of attitude. He can really put on a show with the dunks.
1: Uh and Trey, they have by a solid th- center. Uh Trey Young, by the way, I'm gonna sneeze again. This is fucked. Hang on, I'm just gonna keep talking until I do. Um Trey Young has also mastered the uh the new you can't jump into people rule. Um so he just Uh, Last night, he just, uh, you know, uh, drives past Tim Hardaway Jr., knows that he's being followed, and so just stops dead and, like, pushes himself backwards into Hardaway, which you're allowed to stop. So uh, you can draw draw a foul that way by basically doing what I said was in, like, an insurance scam-style foul. (laughs) It's like... Remember that this was a uh, this was a thing people would warn you about a a long time ago. Yeah, remember people are people are going people are on the highway and they they drive in front of you and they slam the brakes and they say you owe them money. And um,
2: been driving for a while and I've never seen that though. I know it happens.
1: Yeah. um, So that's that that's what Trey Young has already uh, started doing, and um, it's within the rules. So he adapted very quickly to to the rules changing. But Uh, I do, I do support. I really really support that you can't jump into somebody uh a rule change because oh it's um, been
2: great so far it was really frustrating
1: yeah it, it's just like it, it it's the same way that it, uh i mean i don't have to argue a case here they changed the rule already but it just you can't you can't go looking for contact you know in the same way that a defender has to be going for the ball you have to actually be trying to shoot you actually have to be trying to score you can't just be looking for the foul <laughs>
2: Right. No, I, I it would be so like the on three pointers, it would piss me off so much where they'd like set the screen. And, you know, like Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard wasn't the worst of these. I'd say like somebody like Steph Curry or James Harden was the most frustrating un- to watch. Harden is unbearable. Um, But they, they'd come around the screen. They would come around the big man with the ball and then they'd watch the guy go over the screen and just like and take a three pointer and jump 90 degrees left. And just like, I don't know, I'm gonna make two out of three of these these foul shots at least. And it was really frustrating. It's very annoying to watch. It's much better. And also just like when you, when you have a ticky tack league like that, um, you're, you're exclusively, you're doing violence to old white men. They don't like to see it. No, they can't handle it.
1: They're already, they already decided in 2002 that this is a thug league and they're, they're working from behind. Now, again, that's not really uh, the NBA's core demographic. And apparently nothing is because uh, they keep getting upset about absolutely everything. They've all sworn off the NFL. Except they still post about it relentlessly.
2: They say stuff like this on talk radio.
1: Everything is woke, turns to shit.
2: Is not of selfishness. It's not born out. This
0: whole behavior is I'm going to go and create a star. So they send me home and pay me. Now, you could say he's a sociopath. I'll go no. in there. But you can't play violins for Ben Simmons. I'm sorry. You can't do it. He's out of line. When, when is it not right to say the truth? He is not acting correctly. If this was... Your younger brother. If this <laughs> was your child, your niece or your nephew, you wouldn't stand for it. You wouldn't stand for that kind of behavior. So I, I don't understand why. What would you do about? Run it? to make excuses for bad sit behavior. Down. It's bad talk behavior. About it. It's the behavior of a child.
1: It's not. Like, what right. would you do? All right, your nephew is acting up at the family function. He's making
2: a Althea, scene. What do you do? To do you're gonna chain, down chain him the to the stairs.
3: You to can't come
2: You <laughs> can't, You're, you're no longer welcome at this barbecue. All right, that's what I wanted. I mean, no,
0: we're no. About. We're about now you're
2: gonna now sit here at this
1: barbecue with your mother.
0: in the world.
1: Yeah, like that. They are. Do they want him to just show up? to every single game just like uh, and and sit there on the bench and just have to deal with it.
2: No, they want him to I mean, me as well. I'm I'm guilty on this one. I just wanted to play. If he doesn't want to get to be here, that's fine. But some rec- now I did read an article over the summer or maybe it was just a tweet, I don't know. But it's like the 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 basic core of it is just like Ben wants out. And he does not have to care what the trade package looks like. He does not have to fucking give a shit about equivalent value. He just wants out. So like the fact that the Sixers have gotten trade requests for him is enough for him. Like, I don't give a shit if you're getting pennies on the dollar because this is my life. And there is there's definitely an argument to be made, but. Know it's an argument that kind of excludes the fact that this is this is as dumb as I think it is, it is a business, and you can't just be selling people for pennies on the dollar, which is what's going to end up happening here, right? We're gonna which end up by- getting like Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers or something, mm-hmm. which by the way,
1: that's um, in uh, in, in what is a closed league, effectively, this is uh, this is what happens. This is, uh, you know, in soccer, there's a million different places people can go. You don't even have you don't have to trade anybody. You just sell them. Uh, whole, it'd, be, whole, it'd
2: be so nice if we to go get to a like whole $8 different dollars for Ben Simmons or something. It'd be so nice. Oh, my God. Just to send him out to China or something. That'd be great. Yeah. But I I don't know. I still like him. Like, I, I mean, I liked him as a player. I, I, I kind of, his personality is kind of not doing it for me lately, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed watching him play. And I was carrying water for the guy for a long time until that playoffs, specific playoff series.
1: Tremendous defender. Tremendous defender. Great, great facilitator.
2: Just no interest shoot.
1: in shooting. No, which, by the way, weird, right?
2: Like, how did you, what did he do when he was like 12? Yeah, before, just,
1: he, before he could dunk. Um, you know, what yeah, what what was he 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 must have been shooting.
2: Because he I mean like he flashed e- enough to get full rides to Division One and like move to Florida when he was in high school and play at like uh like one of those basketball academies, basically. Um uh, like he flashed like yeah, when, when Ben like, Simmons
1: was, when Ben Simmons was thirteen years old playing in his driveway, was he exclusively like doing layups?
2: It's yeah, or just dribbling, I suppose. like what were you practicing out there because like you had to have shown some sort of shot to get into a college like it wasn't all boxing out and defense to get into lsu which isn't the best basketball school but it's it's a division one school in the sec like it's fine yeah i mean like he notoriously did not give a shit in college there's an entire documentary about him just calling out the entire college system which fine that's that's fine I
1: have no problem a, with that. It's a waste of his time.
2: It was a waste of his time. And it's a way Everybody who knows they're going to be one and done. It is a waste of their time. Like, don't make me pretend to give a shit about my grades at LSU. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, the, the number one, like, international recruit going into this year is this uh, German guy whose name I've forgotten who's going to Oklahoma. And I'm just like, why why bother? Why not just spend a year playing in Germany? Like, people will still be interested in you. You don't have to leave you, you don't have to leave this uh 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 yeah well it's Lied probably country. a pretty good thing in Germany to go to Norman, Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, and, and like pretend to take like an English lit class. Yeah, to learn about Gilgamesh from people significantly stupider than the last teachers you had.
1: Yeah, I got to I, I have to go to a series of super spreader events uh for a year. <laughs> it's the gauntlet. <laughs> Gotta go on the a- gauntlet in Norman for a while. It's um it, it, I, I can't imagine uh coming from Europe to play like to America for college. It seems insane to me.
2: Not for college. Like I don't want to do that. I'll just play in Croatia for a year. Like the the, the Croatian league is fucking intense. And like, they, they're gonna get paid. You're gonna get you're paid, gonna get over paid over like two hundred two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you know, it's, I, uh, it it may be more worthwhile now. We still haven't really seen like an excellent heyday of these college players in the most embarrassing commercials possible. I'm sure there's a bunch, um, but like, I don't know, maybe if you went to University of Texas, they could set you up with a bunch of used car dealerships. And like, really, you can make a few hundred grand off that sort of thing, because that's pretty much what these things are going to end up being is like, hey, Gary Barbera Ford is a deal with uh, Penn State. And every quarterback for Penn state gets $50,000 to run some ads for Gary Barbera. It's Gary, Gary Barbera's number one, Dodge land, Dodge. Fuck. Either way
1: is, is Gary Barbera the best boy. I bet. I think it's, I guess
2: I might be, I guess
1: anyway, it's not, yeah, it's just so it's a weak final statement there on the end, but uh, I've seen, I've noticed, um, uh, a, a lot of the cowboys have been uh, endorsing uh, local dealerships.
2: I would only do... Nah, that's not true. I would do whatever they asked. I'd be a State Farm rep. What do I care? You know how much money Steph Curry probably makes doing that shit? Chris Paul makes doing that shit? For such easy work. Like, hey, Chris Paul, we need eight hours of your time to like throw your arms out to the side at the guy who does the Carlton dance, whatever Carlton's name is, Alfonso something.
1: The... I'm sorry I've, I was I've, I've, I've uh, allowed myself to start scrolling through Twitter and I saw a screenshot of someone made a fake Alec Baldwin tweet where he's quote tweeting a fake Helena Hutchins tweet who is of course the woman who he shot in the head with a prop gun and killed and it's a picture of her and her account saying you go to make a movie and I'm your director of photography what are you doing and then it's someone a fake Alec Baldwin to that just says, I'm killing you, like shooting you in the head. And someone replies to it, just going, if that's fake, it's just an extremely bad taste. If it's real, holy fuck. <laughs> 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 and I just,
2: I, um, I I saw someone quote, it's te- someone
1: with a hammer and sickle emoji in their um, in their display name. So I believe this is in earnest because I I've uh, I, Usually you can tell if someone's stupid or not based on something like that.
2: I saw a quote tweet of Alec Baldwin like commenting on a video of a cop killing, going like, imagine what it feels like to shoot the gun and take someone's life. It must feel so terrible. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Um, but you know, just for the record, like it was supposed to be a blank gun. He's not a firearms specialist. Like, what could he have done? Do you want Alec Baldwin like disengaging? And like looking inside the gun, I don't really want him touching it, frankly.
1: Someone shouldn't. Someone who's been there, like uh, again, uh, we're we're trusting that Alec Baldwin didn't just uh, go rogue. Uh-huh. Um, but but like, th- there's always supposed to be somebody there who's like telling everybody what to do with the, like the the apparently like the firearms people that are on set are like basically the only ones that are allowed to scream at the actors. Fair. I, yeah, I don't know I, why I anybody's they're, they're standing the, the in front. Of... Yeah, I, I, I mean, who knows? But, um, I interested for more details to to come out here. Right, like, it... well, isn't this how
2: Brandon Lee died? Right, um, on a movie set. I think so. I believe, yeah, it's still. Well, why it's is still anybody like... standing in front of the barrel at any point? Um, I listen. You got a million to one shot doc. People, all these,
1: uh, uh, all these people who uh, just like to say it because it's a meme and probably uh, never fired a gun before talk about trigger discipline all the time. Um, but uh, I, yeah, Alec Baldwin perhaps uh, has no trigger discipline. Clearly, now uh, by the way, Sham says as of uh, ten fifty four this morning. Uh Ben Simmons spoke to Doc Rivers, uh, Joel Embiid, and the an entire 76ers team today and accepted everyone needs to take responsibility, including himself. But Simmons informed them that he's not ready, not mentally ready to play yet and needs time.
2: I yeah, he's just gonna keep holding out for a while. I do think he's gonna end up playing again, though. Well, it's just like he's trying to do what Harden did last year, but people want Harden.
1: Harden also managed to make himself look really fat for like a week, um, which uh, that was super uh, cool. Yeah, I don't know how he did that.
2: Maybe his body just I, like really I think he responds, responds to I think what he was just
1: like chugging a gallon of water before he went out for shoot around. He did make
2: himself so, like he looks. Yeah,
1: I think he tried to just like, yeah, as like distended as possible. Maybe he was like slumping his shoulders forward, like rolling over. So it just so he just looked as fat as he could.
2: Just constantly, like, taking shallow breaths through his nose and deep exhales through his mouth so he yeah. keep his gut out, just, like, pushing it forward.
1: <sighs> and like, damn, he really hates it here in Houston. And then it immediately <laughs> just
2: looks 20 pounds lighter in, in, <laughs> in, in, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I found it way funnier last year than I find it right now. Well, well eventually,
1: uh, the, 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 it comes for you, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that the, I pinpointed the reason why I'm so, but this one hurts well, for some reason. Like I feel personally hurt by this. I feel personally attacked. And I think it's just because I loved Ben and I did understand his flaws and still just go like, nah, I don't want to trade him. I want to keep him. And, and him forcing his way out, despite my love, it, it feels like I got dumped. I have a parasocial relationship with Ben Simmons. Yeah. I didn't want one, but this is what happens when you're a very big fan of a team.
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's unavoidable. Uh, these things eventually uh, – these things always eventually uh, come for you. You know, it's, uh, it's not um, – uh, no team has been spared uh, the indignity of having uh, a player uh, force their way out at at least one point.
2: Do you want to watch this other thing I – load it up or do you want to just chat uh
1: what else we got Stephen a um i'll watch the Stephen a monologue because we haven't and i'm i'm sure the listeners haven't either
2: no i'm sure they haven't uh what i have queued up next for our listening pleasure is um steven a smith covering for jimmy kimmel um and i have his monologue Loaded up i actually have like the first 10 minutes of his show i tried to watch the whole thing back in the day this is from a few months ago this is not new uh, this is uh this is a few weeks ago i want to say june all right
1: well we can't i don't we can't do all 13 minutes of this
2: no no no. no. We'll, we'll, i we'll just want to we'll do the monologue for sure the monologue all right starting it now
3: welcome to jimmy kimmel live i am your guest host Stephen a smith
1: yeah, to to call or, turn, turn your radio down
3: Now, you might recognize me from television or from the 10 billion memes of me floating around on the internet, okay? That's a laugh. You've got confused, Stephen A. Check out annoyed, Stephen A. And how about this one? I just found out I'm hosting Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen A. Hell
2: yeah. It's it's exceptional to me because he has professional writers writing for him and it doesn't seem like it.
3: Now. Very sad news to break to you Just to start off the show I'm very sorry to say this But I'm only here for one night But I do have good news I've already lasted longer Than the new host of Jeopardy
1: Here we go Got him Got his
3: ass And I got a lot of encouragement From my colleagues at ESPN Had to throw that in there okay They even took time To give me a beautiful shout out on today's edition of my show, First Take on ESPN. Look how excited they are for me.
0: Mr. Stephen A. Smith is hosting Jimmy Kimmel tonight. So uh, make sure to check that out. I bet you he's actually a little nervous. He doesn't get nervous about anything, but that's a pretty big deal.
3: Thanks a lot, Molly. I actually didn't feel any pressure at all until you said it like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's just... There's no one else from ESPN could do this. Nobody else has this control.
2: He's going to be president one day.
3: (laughs) I have a recurring role on my favorite soap opera, General Hospital, right here on ABC. My character's name is Brick. I'm a surveillance expert for the mob and mob boss sunny Corinthos and now here I am in late night okay it's 24 hours a day of Stephen a watch out Ryan Seacrest I'm coming him for being you.
1: on general Hospital is so funny that I can barely like even process it the best part of
2: being here tonight I gotta get I some get clips of that <laughs> of <those. laughs> I haven't seen any
1: I've seen one he he he's oh, he's fine but oh, it's just it's okay, so ridiculous okay, okay. that it's happening. Right. It's See, unreal. The
3: pronunciation. I appreciate that. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Fantastic. You feel good about me being here? Yeah, I'm happy you're hosting the show. Am I doing okay thus far? So far, so good. Do I, <laughs> did you notice my legs shivering and shaking and all of that stuff? No, you're doing good. Okay. Perfect. You like the tie? Yeah, I like, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Tie is nice. Yeah, you look nice. Perfect. Can I lie and say I picked it out? Uh, I don't think so. Who picked, out, who, uh, picked who picked out your tie? Oh, my oh, my wife. Okay. Yeah. Does she always pick out your ties? It's just everything, no
2: chemistry. Everything.
3: Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. By the way, did you hear what they're doing over in Mississippi? No. I wanted to get to this because I got to tell the audience about this. In Mississippi, people have been taking a drug that is meant for livestock to ward Oh, off lies! Virus. Now we this got no lies. Vaccine story. lies. In fact, so many folks are doing this, the FDA had to issue an official warning. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a real tweet from the FDA. Quote, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it.
1: I got to admit this.
3: I got to admit this. I got to admit this. They are absolutely right. You are not a horse. You are not a cow. You're a jackass, though. Whoa!
4: Whoa! Whoa! You no whoa! whoa, 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 whoa the yeah. way, Holy shit. These
1: you oh,
3: if the drug you're about to take has a horse on the box, <laughs> you probably shouldn't take it. <laughs> on Friday, the Mississippi Health Department said incidents of people taking this horse medicine accounted for more than 70% of recent calls to the state's poison center. Now, that's shocking. And I'll tell you why. Here we go. I, I had no idea Mississippi had a health department. <laughs> I really didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. In all seriousness, here's a simple way to find out if this drug is right for you.
2: Do you there we go. Do you
3: meals out of a bag that has been strapped to your mouth?
2: Damn. Right back to the well. Are you
3: led around by a carrot or a stick? How about do you sleep standing up? Horses don't sleep standing up. Do you sleep in a stable? <laughs> no. Then take people medicine, okay? <laughs> Try that. It makes sense.
1: That's enough. Five it's minutes. It's a long monologue for, uh, for somebody who is not uh, uh, somebody who tells jokes regularly. Is
3: right it's cold. Uh,
2: I, yeah, I, I, I could not do any better than he did, but he also did not do a good job.
1: It's not. It, it wasn't great. He's, he's not uh,
2: funny. He's not well, he's not funny on purpose. He's one of the most unintentionally funny men ever.
1: Uh yes, although I, I think his uh you I I think you have to sort of let him do his thing. Like I think like he it's purposely funny when he does the really loud and suddenly quiet thing. Like and he knows that, but
2: I like, get yeah, he has great control. He knows he knows I mean, he came up in talk radio, so he knows how to, like, hypnotize with the voice better than anybody. But making a bunch of horse jokes just wasn't – they were two out of ten jokes told by a person who uh, was two out of ten at stand-up comedy. He um, he was
1: comfortable. That's better than you can say about a lot of people.
2: Oof. Wow. Uh, I don't know what do you want to do next Mike?
1: I don't know. We're about we're about there on time. I got to get in the shower cuz I got to go to work. Oh,
2: that's right. Um all right. We'll see everyone next week.
1: That's yeah, that's a, it's a it's episode uh, 98 and a half. Episode 99. We'll we'll
2: discuss it. Okay. Uh bye everyone. I tear my
4: heart open I sew myself shut my weakness is. That I can't do much And my scars remind me That the past is real I tear my heart open Just to fail i drunk and I'm feeling down And I just wanna be alone I'm pissed cause you came around Why don't you just go home Cause I channeled all your pain And I can't help you fix yourself all I can say is, I tear my heart open, I sew myself shut, and my wings. You're drowning in the water, so I offered you my hands. Compassion's in my nature. I just wanna be alone You shouldn't ever come around Why don't you just go Cause you're drowning in the water And I tried to grab your hand I left my Yourself, but at least I could say I tried. I'm sorry, but I gotta move on with my own life. I can't help you fix yourself, but at least I could say I tried. I'm sorry, but I gotta move on.